There we go, two times round. Can't have it starting on time, can we? Welcome to Stasis Chat, episode six. I'm your host, Stubbs Game, and it's been a while since I've hosted a podcast, so let's see how it goes. This week we've got the panel. Uh, welcome to Sentinel17. He's a new panel member of Stasis Chat. Welcome, Sentinel. How are you doing since the announcement? It was uh, good of you to come on board. Thanks, Stubbs. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be a panel member of Stasis. Looking forward to growing our channel very much. Yeah, it's exciting. It's also a friendly pest. Welcome and thanks for joining the crew at Stasis Chat. It'll be fun. fun yeah, journey. happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to hear. It is. It's. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm not. I'm not hosting a podcast in about a month. In about a month. It should go well. You'll be, be fine. Expectations are low. <laughs> and BMGs. Well, spooky BMG. How are you doing? Ooh. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, it's uh, it's great to be back. It just feels like forever since we were last uh, on a show. But it's great to have Stubbs hosted. I know it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward. Again, thanks, Sentinel. Thanks, Friendly Pest, for... Um, joining, it's uh, it's a you know it's an honour to have you as a part of this, and um, we can all move forward and grow together. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so welcome to UK Dazzarus in chat, Masuko. Thanks for popping over. Uh, Anime Raz is in the chat. Good to see you, mate. Uh, I'll do it. I'll still do it. A friendly, a friendly pest is also in there, and Sentinel and BMG. But yes, uh, I've got some fun topics tonight. There's, there's loads happened since I've last podcasted, or it seems like it has. So um, CD Projekt Red has announced that um, the original uh, Witcher One game is being uh, is a, a remastering the number Witcher Number One, and it would be a fully fledged remake of the original Witch, uh, Witcher game. Has entered production, so I'd imagine it's just really early stages. It is, to be honest, with that. Um, have we got any Witcher fans on the panel? Because I haven't really. I've played a bit of Witcher Three, but not much of it. I, I'll, I'll jump in right there. Uh, Witcher Three is probably my second favorite game ever, all time. Uh, just under Red Dead Redemption 2, and that probably depends more on the day. Though I would argue that the DLC was better than the original content for Witcher 3. Okay. Uh, and I loved that game. I just recently bought it again on PC because it was on sale, and I'm looking forward to the graphical remaster that's coming to Witcher 3 soon. Um, yeah, I, I love that game. So I never played the first or second one. The notion that they're going to remake okay. the first one is pretty exciting to me. Do you think it's been long enough that it needs it? Obviously, it's, it's, it's an old, very old game now. Do you think it's it, enough time has passed where it, where it's warranted? I feel like it has because I uh, I think I started to play the first one and felt that it was dated enough that I passed on it. So to oh, me, that's okay. a good indication that it's worthy of it. Oh, definitely, especially if it's going to be in the Unreal 5 engine, which is, is great. And hopefully uh, CDPR learn how to use it correctly because it's, it's it's a good engine if you know what you're doing probably probably called the coalition smell i'm joking who knows <laughs> wow <laughs> i have to get the coalition in there <laughs> <didn't> they? <laughs> yeah they can help with the rpg elements 
Anyone else want to jump in on this with the um, with the Witcher Witcher remaster? I mean, I I think um, I think it's a good thing because it's not like you know, and I, if there's anyone that likes PlayStation, I apologize, but it's not like The Last of Us Part One where you can still play that on your system. I mean, a lot of people haven't played The Witcher one, and to be honest, a lot of people didn't really become aware of the franchise until probably the third one. You know, that's when it really went mainstream, if you want to use that term. And I think because of The Witcher 3, a lot of people are getting into the whole franchise and they want to, you know, experience all the games in the franchise. And of course, The Witcher 2, you can play it on the Xbox, but you can't play The Witcher 1. And I think them, you know, remastering it, remaking it, I guess it's a remake. You know, I I think that's a good move just because um, it's going to get a lot of quality of life improvements and it's going to give the entire franchise as a whole a lot more deserved attention. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, the the amount of attention the Witcher franchise gets now, I mean, they've got, obviously, they originally had the books anyway, but they've got uh, the the Witcher Netflix TV show is really popular. I know people are half and half on whether they actually like that or not, but it's in pop culture. It's a highly... They'd probably get a lot more sales now for the original game because it's quite a. I'd, I'd say Witcher. I might be wrong. Is it part of pop culture now? It's that big. Yeah, I mean, it must probably. be. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Pest had said he, you know, he plays Witcher three, and that's like his second favorite game of all time. And it's like I played Witcher three, and it was it wasn't. I'm I'm gonna say it wasn't for me, but I'm also gonna say that it was a very well made game. And um, even for yeah. someone who doesn't follow the franchise, I still feel like it's an important part of pop cult- pop culture, if not gaming, you know. Um, and I kind of feel, you know, especially going forward, because they want a fourth Witcher game and they're already working on it. And so remastering the first one is a really good move because it gives people the ability to have a strong brand with all games available. Yeah, it's, it, well, you've got some good points there, but I think... With them, it's very odd for a studio to announce so many projects, but I have heard people say that this thing about you know, because they've announced so many projects, and I, I, I do agree with them. It could have something to do with CDPR trying to boost the stock price of the company again with yeah, all, the, all the new games coming out because they took a heavy hit because of uh, because of the uh, leadership. You know, because the leadership yes. wanted to get um, yeah. Cyberpunk out the door and it had been in the works for so long. And everyone saw the quality of Witcher 3 and they said, oh, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be great. And the developers knew that there was a lot of stuff they needed to work on. And leadership wasn't giving them the time that they needed to get all this stuff straight because it, it had been delayed who knows how many times internally. And yeah, so, exactly. you know, it, it kind of felt like a lot of the goodwill with gamers was damaged. And it feels like remastering the original witcher and then trying to improve their standing is um they're still basically digging themselves out of the hole that was created by the poor release of cd uh cd project red or i mean uh of cyberpunk 2077 sorry i just and and it's it's unfair it's unfair for people to judge them from one release but the release of cyberpunk was so big and everybody was looking forward to it and you had keanu reeves attached and it kind of felt like people's expectations just got hyped, you know, to like the 11th level. And it's like the developers suffered and they were kind of caught in the middle between gamers and between, 
the bosses who wouldn't give them the time they needed. And so I'm, I'm happy that the studio is going to be able to kind of fix that and move in a more positive direction. Oh, definitely. That's definitely a good sign. Uh, BMG, you, you, you into the Witches uh, TV series or the game, and are you looking forward to this, this remaster? Remake, sorry, of the Witcher 1? Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh, Valley of Plenty, oh, Valley of Plenty. Ooh. I love the Witcher. Um, to, uh, to be fair, I was introduced to the Witcher games through Witcher 3. Um, I did find quite a lot of the coverage on it and how they went about it in reviews pulled me in. Absolutely loved it. I never finished the game, which is I got right towards the end. And for whatever reason, I never finished the game. Um, and I've always wanted to go back um, because I played it via Game Pass, best um, subscription game service on the planet. Um and I picked, ended up picking it up when it came out of Game Pass for seven ninety nine over in the UK, and that included both DLCs, extra stuff, and uh, obviously the Game of the Year edition. Um, I'm very looking forward to actually go, going back to playing the original, original Witcher because never played it, never played Witcher two. Um, I think I own it. I think I picked it up on a sale on 360, but I never actually played it. Um, and I do believe the remake is part being done by a Polish studio called Fool's Theory. And they're also working alongside some veterans that worked on The Witcher. Um, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite excited to play it. Um, and in regards to the TV series, I love it. Henry Cavill, he's a big, huge Witcher fan of the game, the books, absolutely brilliant in the series, and it's absolutely gutting that he's bowing out after season three um, so he can play Superman. I'd rather see him in The Witcher than Superman, and I'm a huge Superman fan. I've been reading into it, and I don't know if Henry Cavill's happy with how The Witcher TV series is going. I think that he's, he's into the books and the games and everything, isn't he? He, I'm not he has, entirely sure if he's yeah. happy with it. With oh, the no, way he, it has, going. he has a lot of input. Um, I oh, do believe he has quite a lot of okay. input and creative with the series because obviously um, when it was first coming about that it was going to do it, he had a lot of input in it, the direction oh, he wanted okay. to go, the type of character he wanted to play. Um, I just think he's, you know, three seasons. He's um, thought, right, I want to move on to other things. You want to carry it on? You're gonna to have to carry it on with someone else because uh, I do believe the rock it was came actually... knocking, didn't they? Rock um, came knocking. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not watched Black Adam yet. Um, if I'm honest, from everything I've heard, I'll wait till it comes to um, a streaming service. I don't mind buying it, renting it from a streaming service. I'm just not yeah. going to go to the cinema to watch it. I believe um, the rocks, the rocks have evolved in this new DC universe, whatever they're calling it. He's mm. helping them. It makes yeah. you wonder, though, um, like, you know, The Rock coming back to Henry Cavill, if uh, him getting him back in the door, maybe there's some Superman movies that are now in the works that weren't in the works before. It makes you wonder but, yeah. if that's kind of why he won't be able to do, the, to do The Witcher anymore. Probably more to it than meets the eye, probably. Yeah, because, you know, who, you, who look at, um, you look at how Marvel Studios did it, how they signed actors to multiple movie deals. Yeah, yeah, they did. 
they did. But yeah, that's good to hear that you're excited, BMG. That's definitely yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed The Witcher, and to be honest, I, I am going to replay um, The Witcher Three. Um, there was a leak in the UK, I believe, UK game. I could be wrong. It's rather UK game or USA game. Is it Games GameSpot? What's what's the um, the major chain called in America? Is it GameSpot? GameStop. GameStop. Games- Sorry, GameStop. Yeah. I, I get them, I get them mixed up too. It's cool. Yeah, it's rather GameStop in America or Game in the UK. One of them um, was it was leaked on the release apparent release date for the Witcher Three next gen patch um, as the 9th of December. Hmm, seems strange that they would leak it because do you have to pay for this update? No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Seems strange it's, uh, they would leak it then. If you if you own the if you own the game, uh, Witcher Three is a free update. Whether you're on the PlayStation Five or if you're on the Series S or X, um, and obviously they'll probably have an introduction. Probably the price is going to go up if you're going to buy it for the first time. Um, but yeah, it was. I think it was more of a a member of staff seen it on the listings and leaked it. I don't think it was actually. You know, it was an internal leak and it's managed to get out. But yeah, that's uh, because they have said, um, CD Projekt Rex have said it is still coming in this year. And if there is sort of a a leak with a retailer that it's coming out 9th of December, so that makes you think there's going to be a physical edition. um, It kind of, you know, I can, I'm inclined to believe it. (laughs) No, that's fair enough. It seems legitimate. And welcome to Muppet. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by, mate. Drop a subscribe if you haven't already. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. But yes, um, next we've got um, some not a big topic, uh, but uh, Hideo Kojima claims that his new game is like more like a medium. Um, he was speaking to the Guardian about his up and coming projects, and he said it's almost like a new medium. Kojima said. Uh, Kojima said about one of his upcoming games. If this succeeds, it turns things around, not just in the games industry, but in the movie industry as well. He always says quite, con- you know, he's, he may, I mean, obviously our good friend Luke Steele would, would be big us up in the chat for this, but as he was a big fan of Death Stranding, but he, he does definitely does things differently, doesn't he? He's like, he definitely is a creative. He really, does what his vision is and it's like he isn't afraid to take risks where many many top tier developers are he's not which is good for a developer i just thought i'd give it a mention it's a new medium for for gaming and movies that's very interesting you know if i'm know not mistaken he made the same claims about death stranding didn't he before yes. it came out exactly oh, did he? and it really I mean, it has some unique elements, but new medium or new genre is kind of strong. Um, he's creative in a way that's simple, but people seem to find it kind of profound, right? It's unique in that regard uh, because he finds great meaning in simple things and names and characters' names and that kind of stuff. Uh, I am glad that he exists as a developer because he creates stuff that other people do not create. 
I wouldn't argue that it's super profound or powerful, uh, but it is interesting and different in a space and his name lets him sell it. So yeah, I'm always glad to hear that he's working on something, even if to this, to this day, I probably haven't really resonated with anything he's made. I, I would argue Phantom Pain's probably my favorite game he's made so far that I've played. And I kind of played a little bit of Death Stranding and sort of bounced off of it, even though uh, I'll probably revisit it because I do feel it's my kind of game that kind of travel and think and, and carry things. I, I, there's almost a meditation to its flow and there's an absurdity to its writing that I'm not sure is intentional. Uh, but yeah, interesting. I, I feel how friendly pest does like how a lot of the games, I mean, some people love them. And for the most part, I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, I, I get why people like them. And it's great that he makes different games. But the Phantom Pain, also my favorite game that he was ever attached to. And I kind of feel like all the success he had with Konami kind of put him in the position now where he can take these risks. And even if like how Death Stranding didn't really resonate with a lot of people, it did with some, maybe half the gamers. But um, it, it feels like all those past successes have given him more leeway to make new types of experiences or try at least. It's, um, I'd say Kojima's kind of got, um, literally it could go anywhere, make anything he wants and literally just have money put in front of him, do what you want. No one's ever going to tell him what he can and can't do anymore. Um, I've, you know, with this success succession of um, the Metal Gear Solid series, um, I, it would have been cool to see the Silent Hill game. I'm, I'm gutted that we're not going to get that now. Um, you know, PT demo is still absolutely awesome and very rare to get a hold of. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think this is, if I remember rightly, it was a couple of months ago that the game is working on about two two projects currently um one is yeah. looking like death stranding 2 uh and then the other one that was sort of leaked called overdose uh, which is now is that the one that he's working with xbox for i believe so that's the cloud-based game because he, he there was a good interview with um on the same brain podcast today and uh, he briefly mentioned that he's been going over to visit Hideo Kojima here and there and he's been going over to Japan obviously he won't mention what he's gone to see but no but yeah, that's no. that that that, 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 that very well may, may be it yeah and if anyone hasn't actually seen that interview um I highly recommend going watching it. It's full of timestamps and everything's literally detailed if there's certain things you want to look at. Um, but he goes on about Game Pass, Future of Xbox and um, Call of Duty and things like that. You know, the the, the acquisition with Activision. It's, uh, it's really good, really good interview and I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, he's going to keep that connection with Kojima um, personal connection as you know, as close as possible because um, obviously they're going to want to work with him again in the future. They're literally going to let him build what he wants. He can literally just come up with one of the crazy ideas that he's got in that brilliant mind of his and uh, anybody will let him make it, you know. Um, Death Stranding 2, it was, you know, it's a no-brainer. Um, obviously, PlayStation are going to let him do what he wants. 
But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, when he first said the new medium. I first thought that it was going to be another take on the game, the medium by Blooper Team, because <laughs> he did. It was the first thing. It was like new, a new medium. I'm thinking oh, it's going to be a new version of that. But no, he's actually again, you know, because Death Stranding is its own new medium, isn't it? It's the Strand universe, a whole new thing. So. Um, What's you know? It's going to be interesting to what he's going to call the cloud. Is it going to be the cloud strain or something like that? Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It'll be. It'll have some unique name, but yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. If it's yeah. a if that game is like a cloud, it's like a cloud based game. It that's that might cause it some issues in certain areas of the world with being more popular than others. I guess. Just because you have, especially in the United States, you have a lot of people who don't live in an area with good or, or dependable internet, you know, that's and anything true, yeah. based in the cloud, it's going to make it difficult. Like I, I live in a city that's as 500,000 people and, you know, I have kids that are gamers and regularly I pay for the most expensive that AT&T offers in my area. And regularly we still have issues that cause cloud gaming to like stutter with frame rates and stuff so even in bigger cities it's still going to be an issue and then, then of course people in smaller areas it's going to be even worse i love how he says like half a million people's not a lot of people but i suppose in america it, it isn't <laughs> I yeah, well, that's, I mean, uh, that's about know, 10 I, times I, what I, lives I, in my area i, I live in the i live in the county with about a population of about 40 to fifty thousand people i live in a tiny place yeah, I mean, because you have, you know, you've yeah. got big cities around here where there's like millions of people. Oh, we have, like, yes. You know, you yeah. have Chicago that has like, I think, two million people or something. And if I lived there, I could get great internet, you know, one gigabyte per second. But these big internet companies just want to invest in the more remote areas or unless you're living in a big city. So cloud gaming is difficult for people that don't live near big cities. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a thing. That... What internet? What is your internet speed currently, Sentinel? What do you get um, at the moment? Well, I pay AT and T for 100 megabytes per second, but most of the time, I'm lucky if it gets 85 megabytes per second. Do you have to right. pay a fee to receive the actual speed you're paying for? I've heard about this. It's it's a plan, um, and you know, it's it's like thankfully right now. Um, there's no uh, like net neutrality, I guess, is still going on. So they can't oh, basically. Oh, good. Because in the United it. States, you know how it is with net neutrality, and we got two they political parties it, fighting over that. So net neutrality basically means if I'm gaming more, then AT&T can charge me more. Or with if net neutrality was done away with, but if net neutrality is there, then it doesn't matter how much I game or my kids game or how much we download, they can't throttle my stuff, which is nice. Did I miss that? Because I, I I was under the belief that. Net, net in America, net neutrality was scrapped. It's gone. Um, as far as I know, I mean, it's still around. I guess the current oh, administration might have it in place. It's and again, it's it's oh, tied to the two different political parties. They always fight over it, and the gamers are stuck in the middle, and we suffer. So you know. Okay, it's good to hear that they're not. Yeah, I thought it was completely gone. That's good to hear it's not. I yeah, it as, as far as I know, it's not gone because I mean, um, it's like. It's not gone right now. I think it was gone a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Fair yeah, it, and again, it goes with the different political parties. You know how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that was a good topic. I've got a topic that uh, 
Sentinel put forward. It's basically about Gainsborough Gold because it, it seems that every month or every other month people just moan about Gainsborough Gold. And this is what um, Sentinel's put. I think Games with Gold topic will be good because a lot of people feel as if Gainsborough Gold has run its course and should be done away with entirely. So what's the panel's thought on it? Because uh, this month's games have also had the same reaction. Uh, any thoughts on it? Whoever can jump in. Go on, Sentinel. You, you, um, you kind of put it in. You go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I... I guess I'm relatively new to the Xbox family. I bought my first Xbox ever in 2016. And pretty much from when I bought it, I got Xbox Live Gold. And then, of course, when Game Pass became available later, I got Game Pass Ultimate. And it just it kind of feels like back then, Xbox Live Gold wasn't wasn't that bad. You know, and they gave away some games that were pretty decent. And, of course, you know, after the Xbox 360 PS3 era, you kind of had to pay for to play online games. And it's just a given. Everybody has to do it now, except for yeah. PC gamers. But um, it's just like if if the Xbox Live Gold, if you're just, you know, it's like I think with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, if that's your primary thing, they should just completely do away with it. But and say, hey, you know what? In order to play online, you got to have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or you just have an online fee of like three bucks a month or something. You know, but do away with giving away free games because to give away free games, they obviously have to give money to, you know, who owns the uh, licenses for those games. It's like, so don't give them, don't give them away. Just, oh, $3 to play online or you can play Game Pass Ultimate. You know, and most of us would just say, I just get Game Pass Ultimate, you know, because I get, you know, Starfield and Redfall and Forza Motorsport whenever it comes out and I get to play online. I'll just take that one, you know just makes the most sense because right now it's like giving away these crappy games because now they're crappy. I think most of the time they're crappy now and you got PlayStation and yeah, they charge a little bit more, but a lot of times it feels like the PlayStation plus offerings are always better than the Xbox, you know, games with gold offerings. And that kind of sucks because, you know, you got um, people, you know, they, they, they're buying into the whole Xbox thing and they're new to the ecosystem and maybe they can only afford to pay for uh, gold so they can have online multiplayer. And then you got these crappy games that they're giving away. And it, it, it almost feels like it would be better off if they didn't give, give away anything at all. And they said, hey, you're just paying this fee just so you can pay online rather than give away games that everyone says was crappy. Because if it's just, oh, $5 so you can play online or $4 or whatever. If they gave us a discount, then everyone would be like, oh, well, that's not too bad. But it feels like it almost it's like people associate the games they're giving away with the service they're having to pay for. And a lot of people don't even want to touch these games, you know? Yeah. No, I get what you mean. I've just just had a look. So in the UK, Xbox, now this is if you're paying monthly, which seems to be the thing people do now. Is they? So it's £6.99 in the UK gold. Or you can have the console, the just the console version of Game Pass for £1 more a month. Why don't it just yeah. drop? Why don't it just drop the Game Pass to six ninety nine, and yeah. do away with gold? They could do they that. Would, they, they could just drop. The, I mean, it's dropping it a pound, but if they got rid of it and just said, "Well, it's all one service now for for the console," although it's not ultimate, just dropped it down to a pound six ninety nine, or whatever. Then people couldn't complain. Oh, it's gone up a pound a month. I can't afford it. Just put it down to six ninety nine a month, and then. You could get rid of effectively get rid of games games of gold. 
Uh, yeah. Sorry, Xbox Live Gold, effectively. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that, that I, th- I think that sounds preferable. Of course, I'm not the one who's making the rules. I, I know Phil Spencer has to balance all this. Oh, but man. I think that's one area where it kind of feels like they're not as transparent as they could be. You know, like um, Phil Spencer needs to say, hey, you know what? We hear what you guys are saying about this or about that. And this is kind of what we're thinking about doing. And I would appreciate you guys' feedback. And I, I throw that out there because um, Xbox has developed a good reputation for actually listening to feedback. And I think if they threw that out there and said, hey, we're thinking about this, but we'd like to get you guys' opinion on this. Once they got the people's opinion, then he could run back to the Microsoft head guy. And, you know, if he, if he needed to clear it with them. And say, hey, this is you know the general consensus of what people are thinking. Yeah, I'd, he, I'd like he, to I'd like to jump in. I, I think yep. their history of responding well to feedback is exactly why they're not talking about it uh, because it's not going to be a conversation they favor. And as Muppet just said, uh, it makes a lot of money. I yeah, don't. It does. Uh, yeah. And honestly, yeah. we don't have the metrics to know how many people play the gold offerings, right? Well, they're not very interesting to me, or I think anyone else on this panel. There could be some people that find value in this, but ultimately the conversation quickly becomes, why are we paying to play our games online when you don't have to with PC? And there's so much parity between the two Xbox platforms, the PC and Xbox console. Uh, It seems a little unfair that console gamers pay to play their games online. And then when the games come to PC, sometimes they're cheaper too. So I I think this is intentionally not a conversation they're having. And because we can't see the metrics... Uh, they're making enough money; they don't want to talk about it. It's not worth the goodwill to trade for that cash. Bringing oh, that up true. about um, about how PC gamers don't have to pay for it—that's it. Kind of seems like that's a line that Microsoft is hesitant to to cross. Like how you said they don't want to have that conversation. That could be why, because then Xbox gamers will be like, "Well, you know, PC is part of the Xbox ecosystem, so why are we paying for multiplayer and they're not?" Exactly, because pay. That's true, but PC gamers would never, never pay to play online, and that's why I'm I'm struggling to think how PC Game Pass would ever do well. It, it it's it, it will they say it's doing well, but as Sentinel said, Microsoft stats are very good, but they're very skewed. You don't know what you know. What I mean, it's it's like a big corporation. It's hard to know what's right and wrong, but. PC gamers generally, and a lot of it stems from the 90s. There was a lot of bad blood on because because they, uh, I think it was, I think Gears 1 was on PC and they went all in on gaming. And then they kind of, there's a lot of bad blood there from a lot of the older gamers. There is, and Steam will always be king. Um, but yeah, see, see, PlayStation didn't start charging until the PS4, it was free till yeah. then. Yeah, they started charging in the PS4 generation. They did because they said, "Oh well, look how well Xbox <laughs> is doing charging." So they started charging in the end. Yeah, but that, how... that was one that, that was one of their selling points for the PS3. Oh well, online's free. Yeah, but a lot of the online was down. If you remember, they went oh, through that was, period yeah. where they got hacked or whatever, and they just took the whole PSN offline for a hell of a long time. It was like a running joke every week. Of how many days it had been since the PSN's down. It's, uh, um, but no, I, I, to be honest, like with um, games with gold, I think they are purposely 
making it look bad and bad games to try and push as many people as possible over to Game Pass. They're not going to lower the price of Game Pass to convert it because at the end of the day, they want to make more money out of it, as as Phil Spencer has announced. Um, it's now profitable. They are using the words profitable, the Game Pass is. Yeah, we, um, can, we can actually bring that into yeah. the conversation because that wasn't an article yeah. if you want to mention it. That's it. it. Yep. So it's now a profitable. Uh, how much? We don't know. As many people, <laughs> as I've seen floating around, oh, it's only about $1 profitable, which is like, right, okay, whatever. Oh, whatever. It's annoying. That yeah, is. yeah. But he, but he did make mention of he thinks it will stay at the 10 to 15% profitable, profitability yeah. for a very yeah. long time. He did you know, say that. And, and it has been mentioned the great Game Pass growth has slowed down. Um, again, you know, instead of forcing people to say, look, games, you know, games with gold, Xbox Live is going, you have to have Game Pass. Instead of forcing them, you just make the offering as bad as possible so people just transfer over. Oh, it's an extra pound. Oh, I might as well upgrade to it and get access to everything. You know, it's it's like they want to push people to it without forcing them on it. Like, you know, they tried up in the prize slash year um Game Pass to, or was it this year? Early this year, late last year, it was um, putting the price of um, Xbox Live up, and everyone just literally kicked off and they reversed yeah. it. Yeah, um, planned or not, who knows? But uh, oh, I think it was. I think. It oh was yeah, yeah. It I was. think the, it was too quick of a response and turnaround. You know, it's a mega corporation. It was weird though because you don't. All the all the Xbox execs are always retweeting and tweeting, but during that period, all their accounts went silent. Yeah. Wait, are you guys mm-hmm. suggesting that that price increase for gold was intentional so that they could yeah. respond to feedback? Yeah. Dun, dun, no, dun. no. It looked great. Yeah, I oh, agree look, with that. We're, no. listening. we're listening to you. We're it listening. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. They were quiet because they were waiting for the outcry, and then they could pivot if they needed to. So yeah. maybe that was plan B, but I was I think they were hoping that the price increase would sail. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's again, it's dog I agree games with gold should be gone, convert everyone onto Game Pass, but then again, it's if you they are there is that there is still clearly that audience that don't want it. They just want games with gold to talk to the friends and there are people that just play the games that they get free. Because um, if I remember rightly, um, with Xbox, you games with gold, even if you cancel your subscription, um, you still have access to them games for free. You don't lose access to them, I believe. Um, so, yeah, there I are... Sp- what... Sorry, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 God, go ahead. I'd say it's it's really a shame that both platforms have adopted this because it it keeps me from owning multiple platforms because I don't want to pay an extra subscription every month. As a interested in trying some games from these platforms because they all have their exclusives, but I'm also not willing to take on another monthly fee to get the most out of the platform. It's it's a shame. I would love for it to go the other direction. I would like to be able to play the games without the cost and then have these subscription additional services be the, the first tier entry. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we are going to see it. Um, it's maybe, maybe by um, Q4 next year and um, games with gold will be gone. Um, 
there will still be month, then monthly games that would be games with gold would just be chucked into Game Pass. Um, free, you know, everything, you know, because I think, do I remember rightly, if you want to chat with your friends still online on Xbox, you need gold, or did they drop yeah. that? Hmm. Or is that still a thing? It used they, to be a thing. You had to have gold to have party I'll, chat. I'll look it up real quick, as I don't know. The yeah. free-to-play games are free. They yeah, finally the, followed PlayStation on that one. Yeah, but the party but chat... Think, but I still think that was connected to the Halo Infinite free-to-play. Oh, yeah, of course, know. of course. But you used to you, you had to have gold at one point to use party chat, but I don't know if that's still a thing now or not. Without Okay, according to a March 25th, 2021 IGN article, you do not need Xbox Live Gold to use party chat. So they've dropped know. it. That's good. That's good. So that you know that was that was quite uh, a lot of people kicked off about that. They weren't happy. You had to be part of goal to talk in a party. Um, but you know they wanted to get the subscribers up. They wanted to get more people into the service. Um, but it's going to be sweet. It's going to go eventually. I, I just think they're trying to give everyone a reason to move to Game Pass without forcing them. Yes, you can just stay on gold. Yes, you could just have your games with gold. But the offering is so poor, you just come over here. It's better. There's more options, more choice, and it's costing you an extra pound to have access to 400-plus games. Um, you know, so it's going to happen eventually. They just but they know it's bad. They're not stupid. They know. They can see the outcry. They can see people just constantly going, why is this so bad and PlayStation so good? Of course, PlayStation is going to be good. They're going to offer the better games because they don't want to be in a position where everyone just goes to the subscription service because they don't want that. They want games bought a la carte. But on the PlayStation side, you cancel your subscription to PlayStation Plus, you lose access to all your games. You don't keep them, you lose them. Whereas Xbox, like you keep them whether you stay with the service or not, which, yeah, is brilliant, but the game's crap. <laughs> so, you know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to go. We're go. We are going to be in just a pure subscription service eventually. Um, I, I can see maybe 10, 15 years from now, um, it'll be just like Netflix. You do not buy the games a la carte anymore. It's just in a subscription. Everything's in a subscription. I kind of feel like we're going to see a lot of big moves from Xbox next year just because, um, you know, you got Forza, you got Starfield and Redfall are all supposed to drop. Right now they can't really do much because um, I know they have EA games and all this other shit, but they don't really have any first-party heavy hitters. You know, and you can have people saying, oh, I, I love the indies on Game Pass all they want, but no one's going to subscribe to Game Pass for indie games. They're just not. You know, no. it's going to be those heavy hitters that are worth sixty or seventy dollars yeah. that are going to fall on Game Pass. That you're like, hey, you know what? You subscribe to this, you get it for free. So I think that's going to drive a lot of people to that. And so I feel like if they're going to increase prices or anything, any of that stuff, they're going to do it within ninety days of the first of those titles dropping, just because people would say, oh, it kind of sucks that this is happening or that is happening. But in only 90 days, we get Forza Motorsport, and it's going to look phenomenal. And then they'll do an advertising blitz and show all these different clips and gameplay and all this stuff. And it'll basically refocus everyone's attention from being angry about this to saying, oh, well, here's this upcoming game, and it looks great. 
You know, that, mm. that's just my kind of take on the whole situation. Yeah, in the in the interviews that um, Phil Spence has been doing the rounds, um, he's made it clear, in case anybody is wondering, um, there will be no price change, no price increase or anything this holiday um, because they, he believes, the company believes, or however you want to look at it, it's they need to keep it low cost as possible, no changes um, because times are hard, but cannot rule out price increases in different areas within Xbox in the future, which we know it's going to be Game Pass. Games are going to go up to £70, $70, and Game Pass is going to increase. That's, you know, I don't think we'll see it in hardware. I don't think they'll increase hardware. Uh, that'll be one area they won't touch. It'll be on the software and subscription side. Right. We see an increase. But he also, in the interview that he did with um, Twin Brains, um, he did say that 2023 is going to be Xbox's year. He says there's so much coming that's yet to be announced to look forward to, and he's so excited about. So, yeah, a lot of that's going to be PR speak, but it's the first time they've really come out to say we're really we're excited for what's coming in 2023. And they've, you know, they've also said we've seen the feedback and we've seen the comments. Yes, we know 2022, 2021 hasn't been good. Um, the games haven't been there. And he's also even held his hands up saying, we can't blame it all on COVID. We can't. There are a number of factors involved, but it's not all COVID's fault. It's lining things up, production, things not going to plan. And uh, But 2023 is really excited for. It, that's kind of the uh, tagline with, with Xbox. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. We'll see what happens. We will. How dare you? How dare you? I still don't think the big hitter for next year is Starfield. I still don't. I still think it will be delayed into 2024, that game. We should place a bet on that, Stubbs. We should bet on that. Yes. I, I say it comes out next year. I'm not saying it's going to be it, a good state it, when it releases. If it, if it, it comes does release out, next year. it will be winter next year. It won't be what they're saying. It won't. But you is need that a big winter? hitter for the end of the year. Yeah, but is that is that winter because Bethesda like to release big games in November into the winter time, or because we've got to remember now? You need a big game for you need a you need a big game for your winter release. Do you do? That's, that's my theory. That's that's when Halo Infinite's co-op will finally come out. <laughs> oh, that's meant to be due out in eight days. We'll see. We'll Officially, see. I believe it when I can play it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, there's Forza Motorsport. There's maybe quite a few games coming out, so it might be their year, but you shouldn't go on the mic saying it'll be a big year and all that. What if it all goes to pot? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Kind and of, that's the thing. You know. if, if if you watch the interview, his actual oh, PR... Yeah, his PR team, he says it in the interview, yeah. his PR team has yeah. sat behind them, behind the cameras. Yeah, He just comes across that he's confident... That yeah. what they've got coming in 2023 is coming. Oh, uh, I, I is, hope. I hope it's know. all coming. I, I, I can't wait for it. It'll, it'll be good. It will be. Um, as be. Muppet has said, um, have Sony got much slated for next year? Um, re- to be honest, 
They've kind of been fairly quiet. They had the last actual showcase, which they showed very slight VR. teaser of Spider-Man 2. They showed VR. the teaser uh, Wolverine, and they He's also right. shot a teaser PSVR 2. But since then, they've gone fairly quiet, and that's because their biggest hit this year is coming out in nine days' time, which is God of War, Ragnarok. But after that, they're going to have to do some of They're going to have to talk about what's coming, how far out roughly it is. And, yeah, we should start hopefully seeing December the um, the build-up to PlayStation VR 2, um, which I believe, if the rumours are true, we're looking around late March 2023 for VR 2. They're in mass production at the moment, getting stuff together, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I am very interested in it. I'm looking forward to getting back into VR. Um, It's been a while. It's been a while, and I I did enjoy my time, but with PlayStation VR, you couldn't play long periods of time because it it just hurt I would say, sorry, the reason why PlayStation haven't said it, I mean, to be honest, if you've got a big heavy hitter game coming out, that's going to dominate the rest of the year. You don't really need to talk about it. The reason that Xbox is talking about next year so much is they've got nothing to give you. It's simple as that. There isn't Pentum- nothing big, big out coming. Middle of November. Yeah, By, it's, yeah, not, it's, not, it's not what they wanted. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. But I, I think it's fine. You don't have to keep telling people what's coming the whole time. They have got games coming. It. They have got them. There is games coming, but it's not just for consumers, telling... though. Yeah, it's you. It's it's investors as well. These big companies have investors, and they want to know what's coming. The they pub- probably do know what's public... coming behind the doors. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you're a public yeah. traded company, um, a lot of these investors only know what's coming via these investment meetings and things like that. Because obviously they've got, you know, the everyday lives in other businesses. So it's it's more I would say it's more to try and line line up what's coming in the future and what's near future and things like that. So for investor type. Um same with like I thought with C D Project Red when they kind of gave us a roadmap of yeah. the games coming over the next six plus years. Um I think that was more aimed at to get more investment than anything else, and we're, as well as current sure. investors. Because people um, used to moan about PlayStation because they used to give you nearly a 10-year roadmap, and they all moaned about it. <laughs> and now they don't yeah. say a lot now. No, you know. no. we are. I, I, I do believe PlayStation are changing. I think the way they do things and the way the business practices and things are very slowly changing. Who wow. would have thought we would have ever had a proper PlayStation subscription service where there's first, second, and third-party games in. Yeah, it's not day and day like um, Game Pass, but we are. it's going to be there eventually. It's eventually it's going to get round to that. They're just going to try and hold off as long as they can. When you've got the hardcore PlayStation audience happy to pay whatever price PlayStation wants to put things at, they'll hold on to that as long as possible, but there will be a point where it'll be, you know, why aren't we just getting this in a subscription service? But I think when that happens and you see PlayStation games in a 
in a subscription service, you're going to pay a hell of a lot higher premium price for it than what you are currently. The problem is, is with oh, everyone say, oh, yeah, putting games in day and day in Xbox Game Pass. And I know Xbox says it's profitable, but the way PlayStation's looking at it is if you've spent $250 million on a game, you've got to recoup that $250 million before you've even. Do you see? Do you see do, that's the way they're looking at it. Are we going to recoup that in a subscription service? Now, everyone can say Game Pass does it, but you've got to remember. Xbox and Microsoft have got a lot of divisions that can pop money in there. So I mean, they're not as they've not got as much money to throw around. That's why PlayStation hesitate. I don't, I, don't, I can't blame them. But you've also got to look at um, PlayStation. However, you look at gaming at the moment, PlayStation is on top of the mountain, as so, so, so to speak, so to speak. Yeah. But the fact that they've pivoted to a subscription service. Um, how they have and the tiers that they offer, they clearly so, see there is a benefit in it, and it makes them money. And they also yeah. know they can they can see how things are changing, and know they have to compete. They know they have to. They know eventually they're going to have to go day and day, and they'll hold off as long as possible. But they wouldn't change a thing if they didn't think they had to. But the fact that that's the way the landscape's going, not just in um, gaming, music. Music's all streaming now. How many people go actually physically go to a shop to buy a CD? It's it's getting, it's dwindling. You know, H- HMV is the biggest um, physical CD vinyl com- company in the UK, which did go into administration, has slowly come back. But they're having to offer a lot more different services to try and get people in because they know people just go to Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. Google Music, the gold because it's streaming. YouTube, you can stream anything you want for free, pretty much. Um, same with exactly. your films. Look how many of you know Netflix when it first came, it was like old films, and then it was film, new films. You know, Netflix films um, by not-so-famous actors, and now you have top actors making all these films for Amazon, Disney, um, you know, Netflix, Paramount, all going into these subscription services because everywhere seeing it, you know, um, we don't have HBO Max over in the UK. I wish we did because it looks like a brilliant subscription service, but you can get films instead of going to the cinema to watch them, um, you wait, what, 10, 20 days after cinema release to watch them on the subscription service you're already paying for, you know? So it's um, every industry just seems to be going in that direction, doing the same thing. And PlayStation are just trying to hold on to the way they do things for as long as possible while making smaller changes because they know eventually they're going to have to pivot the same way. It w- It will come. It will come that day because they are. Although everyone keeps saying PlayStation isn't changing because not they're not doing day and day instantly. It, the day the day will come, and like I've mentioned before on on other podcasts, the the Japanese do business very differently to the West. So the Japanese have a way of thinking. You you sell games. That's how you make money. 
the West see Microsoft as always because they got first it was Microsoft 365. And although everyone says, oh, Phil was the brainchild of Game Pass, and he probably was, Satya Nadella probably said to him, can you do me a game service, a subscription service? I basically want a 365 model, but I want I want some kind of game service. Can you build me one? I'm not saying that's what happened, but he was a subscription man. Do you know what I mean? I, when he, he's made that company well profitable, Satya Nadella has. I... I and, think uh, he probably said to him, "We say, yeah, I, I think, I think Phil Spencer knew the kind of CEO Nadella was, yeah, and as you said, like yeah. and liked his subscription services, and he's gone in and pitched it because yeah, that's probably X, how he got it. Xbox was on live support. Um, yeah. it, it was, you know, the it was getting it's everything it had was dwindling." And people has been moved on to different things, and obviously, I do completely agree. Phil Spencer saved Xbox, and I yeah. don't think Xbox would be here if it wasn't for him. That's no, why. That's what I think. That. Yeah. So no, it's been a good. I mean, if you guys got any more thoughts, sorry, it's, it's felt like a back and forth between me and B and J. I do apologise for that. <laughs> sorry about that. No, I I got nothing. Sensible. I got nothing. I think we've covered that topic now, haven't we? We'll move on to another one, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, but just obviously just on the, the, the side yeah. of Xbox and like yeah. um, going to the VR side of things, we know the Series S and X, I think it's more on the X side, are capable of running um, VR. They've got this partnership now with Meta to have Xbox sort on their side. When are we going to see actual headsets, whether it be third party or first, I don't think it's going to be first. I think it's going to be more of a third party thing, actually having these headsets run on these consoles. I I am not as confident um, that that will happen this generation. I think the partnership to be able to play your Xbox games via the cloud in a 3D environment, but on a flat screen in that 3D environment, that's pretty likely. I could see that happening, especially with Meta, some partnership there. I don't see native Xbox VR games this generation because I think the Series S is a bit weak for that. It could. It's it's possible that it could, but not games that are going to be anywhere comparable to what the PSVR 2 is going to showcase. Hmm. So rather than come in second place, I, I expect they will... They will do this half step to see how people react and then also watch and see how PSVR 2 does and then possibly next generation go bigger with a, a VR option. Yeah. It almost feels like they're hesitant to bring something like that out themselves as a first party hardware because of the um, with what happened with the Kinect and the reaction from the Xbox One maybe. Does anyone remember the, the augmented reality stuff that... It- Phil Spencer was showing off at that Xbox show like years ago. You mean HoloLens? Hololens. Yeah, the, the augmented, yeah. like where they were doing stuff in Minecraft. You remember they had like a show where they were doing yeah. that stuff? Yeah, Conquer that was the HoloLens. Well. Yeah, it, I, I, I kind of felt like, um, you know, they were going to do something with that at some point, and then it just kind of dropped off. They don't even talk about it anymore. I think, because it was, it, was it, about, it was about $2,500 a headset. 
wasn't very consumer friendly. Yeah, the, the HoloLens was was really never intended to be a consumer grade headset either. And the experience that they demonstrated using their cameras to show what you would see with the headset wasn't wasn't exactly what you would expect to see, right? So that entire presentation was was kind of smoke and mirrors a little bit. Uh, the HoloLens too still exists, but it's used on a commercial level, kind of like the Medic Quest Pro is intended. Um, but they have multiple times kind of dipped their toes and showed interest in VR without without going big in it. Though there was an entire line of Windows Mixed Reality headsets, which were VR headsets that worked with PC. And I, I own one of them. I own a Samsung version of it. So I I think they're waiting for that market to mature rather than jumping in too early. And I, I think Microsoft has had a timing issue uh, through a lot of the company's history. You know, they came out with the tablet too soon. Uh, I, I think the closest thing they've came to proper timing was uh, their effort with with Game Pass. I feel like the timing on that was pretty good, and they've managed to hit that mark and mature with it. And sometimes when you're the the first or best to a position, you become the go-to or the standard, kind of like you mentioned Steam earlier. Nothing's going to rival Steam because it's, it's just the go-to platform. It's established. It's in place. You could show yeah. up and do everything way better, and you're still not going to pull people to your platform. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope they don't wait Sorry. too long, but yeah. uh, I think they're getting to that point where they need to decide what they want to do. Stubbs, are you able to do a, a poll in YouTube on the in the chat? No. I haven't a clue how to do that. I don't have right. Green Pass Gaming uh, do it either. Yeah, you know you have to be in. I don't think. I don't in. think. It's I don't right. think don't... you can do it from the Streamyard. Uh, no, no, you do it on YouTube. I've got YouTube open. It don't matter. It's all right. Um, it's just a. I'll I'll put the question into chat, and we'll just see what comes up. Um, would you like to see Xbox have its own VR headset, or do a partnership with a third party developer? We'll see. Uh, see what sort of answers we get as we go on. I, th- I feel like they have to do a partnership. I don't think the first party option is really an option because if they go this exclusive route, and uh, I, I think that's such an investment for the return they're going to get that the partnership would be much cheaper and they, they show up with someone else that already has a ton of experience and then they could bring a headset to their platform and take advantage of all these third party games and then maybe even develop some of their own exclusive titles. I, I, I think that's a viable strategy. I, yeah. I really don't see them going the first party route on it. Yeah, I, def- I, f- I agree with that. I think uh, third party route would be a better option. Uh, but it'd be interesting because it's, you know, Xbox like Google, like Amazon, and these big multi trillion dollar companies, they can afford to just do something, try something. If it doesn't work, just chuck it on the scrap heap. Like uh, Nokia, they spent, what was it, hundreds of billions to buy Nokia um, for. You know, to convert into the know, Windows phone, and, and it didn't not, work. Not hundreds of billions. What? No. Like, whatever. Billions. I think it whatever like it was. Six, I think it was a six billion dollar mistake. Yeah, I think. Yeah, six six but, billion. But, but, but back then, though, it's probably worth a lot more now. Yeah. 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 Oh, Muppet's just put in chat. It was seven point two billion for Nokia. Um, they tried it, making it part of the Windows phone, and it didn't work, and they just. Scrapped it. Scrapped the Windows Phone. Scrapped Nokia. And they just got rid of it. You know, so it's it maybe tried for long enough, either. 
No, no, this is what I mean. It's, you know, these big giant companies that have these giant checkbooks behind them aren't afraid to try something. And if it doesn't work, just get rid of it. So that's why I kind of think, is there a pot that possibility of a an actual official first party headset? Uh, and maybe some studios working on games. It's uh, you know the possibility there, but I think the third party route would be the better better way to go. I would agree. The, the software is such a challenge because the the tracking has to be kind of smart, right? You can't just put one of these things together. The the software is the biggest hurdle, the huge experience leap needed. And you're you're even seeing that with like ByteDance has released the Pico Four, and it's very impressive technically, but the software is just not quite as good as the Meta platform. If Xbox was to go that route, I mean, I would think they would need a partnership at least on the software side, even if they decided to make their own hardware. Yeah, UK Dazarus um, has put in the chat shouldn't be an option in this day and age. Xbox should already be there. Um, it's a difficult one, though. It's, it's, it's a day yeah. diffi- difficult space to be in. It costs the investment. And as, as um, Pess says I'm, uh, on with, with VR, the breakthroughs they make, and it, some of this stuff takes years. It's, it's, it's stuff that is not easy to develop this stuff, and you've got to try and make Isn't that right, Pess? headsets where people get less motion sickness and it's really difficult even with billions of dollars it is it's not oh easy. yeah i mean the people it's like not. to talk about the quarterly losses that meta's having right now for their reality yeah. labs they are dumping money into this because they they think this is going to be the internet too right and they might be right and they want to be the first ones there and become that steam of the internet too but the especially with the pass-through stuff that the the quest pro is able to do and the quest two to a much lesser extent, all of that from a software side is so hard to make. And then I, I think they're really counting on advancements in the AI and machine learning to help get them there. But it's a, it's a expensive race. It is. It is big time. Cause I remember years ago, Google would talk. It was, who was it? I think it was head of um, gaming for Google, YouTube, Fwiz. Fwiz, yeah, Fwiz. He was saying that in Google's opinion, because they were asking about AR and VR, and when when will it be the norm? And they reckon that it was 10, 15 years away, especially in AR. You know, it was at the point where it wouldn't make you sick at all, anybody. Do you know what I mean? It would be just a normal experience. They reckon it was that far away. I, I don't think. I don't think that's a thing. I don't. I don't know that you can make a headset that won't make someone nauseous. That's true. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Well, I think that's a biological thing. I, I think when you move through three D space in that perspective, your your inner ear expects to feel something and it doesn't, and it confuses your body and gives you a reaction. Like some of those omni treadmills. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Like a cat. Yeah, and I've heard people do this. They. Yeah. I've heard something about also people putting fans in. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. body thinks that your your body's moving, so it yep. doesn't make it sick or something. I think something the, like the cat the cat VR treadmill. It's an omnidirectional. It's kind of a slide mill. You wear special shoes and your feet kind of slide, and you're you're in this harness to keep you from from falling or tumbling off of it. Uh, I guess that's supposed to greatly reduce the nausea because you're walking and then you expect to move, and your inner ear's okay with it, yeah. your stomach's okay with it. But you can build up to that. I. uh 
it takes a very extreme game to upset my stomach anymore. And I, I was particularly prone to the VR nausea when I started, but it is something you have to build up to. That's fair enough. That is. That is. So. I think with VR, um, I think a good go-between for a lot of people, you know, and I said, I had mentioned this before, um, I think the augmented reality thing was actually a good way to go because you can still see what's around you. It's not completely cutting you off, but what it's doing is it's kind of, it's augmenting reality with stuff you would see in a game without cutting off your vision completely to where you are spatially, like in your environment. I think that's a, that's a problem for a lot of people with VR is you're completely isolated from where your body is. Your, your mind and your eyes are telling you you're in one place, but your body realizes it's not in that place. It's actually in, you know, the real world. And that's kind of, um, that's caused issues for people before. And I kind of feel like augmented reality would help to negate some of that. It does. It does. The, uh, like the Quest Pro, there's some pretty cool demos of what that's doing from an augmented reality perspective. But it's also pretty limited from a game design, right? Right. Like there's only so many things you can do in your living room from a game design. But yeah. uh, that is true. The Quest Pro does it backwards from kind of how HoloLens did. HoloLens, there was this kind of clear lens in front of your face and you could see the world around you and then it overlaid uh, whatever the, the software wanted you to see on the lens and you would see it in your environment. Whereas the quest pro, uh, it has cameras on the outside and it's showing you the outside world through those cameras. You can't see through the headset. I see. That's interesting. Yeah. And probably more, more feasible from a, like the, the brightness necessity to achieve what HoloLens wants to do is probably more doable. The route the quest pro went. Right. It's all interesting stuff, though. VR is. I will try it one day when I get a PC and that. Because my last experience was the PSVR one. Uh, not a very good experience, to say the least. But I'm not going to let that um, damage my view on VR because I've seen a lot of your videos past and it does look good. It does, but it's, it's, it's all right watching it, but it's trying it, isn't it? It's like. When I tried the Dual Sense controller, it's actually very, very good. It is, but until you try, it, you can't. It's can't experience it. Like you've got to experience the VR itself, haven't you? It's all right talking about it or watching it. You know I, I, mean? I agree. Yeah, the the immersion you get when actually playing is different than watching someone play. It's it's hard to express the feeling. Exactly. Exactly. But that was a, that was a fun talk. Now I'm going to get on to a topic. I haven't played the full release. I don't believe Pest has played the full release of BMG, but we're going to talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 that recently released. I will mention there was an article about the way the physical discs were done. Basically, it was either 70 megabyte was on the disc and or gigabyte, and you had to download, once you put the disc in, 130, 130 gigabyte patch. Now, that sounds a lot, but if you wanted to just play the campaign, I know someone's got it. As soon as it hits 45 gigabyte, you can play the, you can play the campaign. And the main question, though, was as well, um, because obviously Sentinel plays multiplayer a lot. It's basically... I don't think Sentinel's happy that the hardcore mode is being absent from the game. 
I'll let you roll with this sentence. I've probably messed it up completely. What you no, meant. I mean, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, it's like with Modern Warfare, um, you know, taking on a more realistic approach. And I remember Modern Warfare 2019, I got it, and it had hardcore mode pretty much right away. And I know some people are like, well, hardcore mode is easier. And I'm like, I, I don't think it's easier because... Is that where you can't tell who your, your teammates are? Well, I mean... Um, you just you have to you have to play it a hell of a lot. Um, Friendly fire. It's a, yeah, it's you have to watch your fire. Number one, number That's two. It. If you make a mistake, um, you're done. And I know people are like, oh well, this person is camping or that that person is camping. I got a lot of kills taking out campers in the original Modern Warfare because you kind of know where they are and they're camping and they're taking people out. So you have to communicate through the headset with your team and you're like, hey, he's at the you know he's at the southeast. Uh, quarter of the map so um i need you to you know take pop shots at him while i'm going to run around and flank him and that's oversimplifying but that's yeah. that's how you deal with campers but the whole thing about hardcore is there's no room for error you can't screw up you know you got guys on normal uh you know running and flying through the air and skipping and taking like 50 rounds i can't even count how many how many guys in modern warfare 2 i'm shooting in the face three four five times and they're still alive and one or two shots one or two well-placed shots and it's killing me and it's pissing me off, you know, but hardcore, there isn't that. I mean, it's like them running through the air, one, two, boom, they're down and they're done. So there's a, there's a hell of a lot less um, room for stupid shit in hardcore mode. Um, you know, they're running and flying and diving through the air and stuff. That stuff does not happen in hardcore. You'll get, it, it has such a, uh, such a zero, I guess a zero tolerance for bullshit in hardcore, which is what I like, you know, where you can, um, if you screw up, you're done quick. There's no chance to um, do crazy stuff and get away with it and still be alive. And I guess that's the biggest thing that kind of irks me about multiplayer is in the regular, you see people doing all kinds of crazy stuff and getting shot, like really getting tore up like five, 10, 15 rounds and they're still alive. And, Hardcore is just a hell of a lot cooler because there's no, it's much more realistic, you know, and I, I appreciate that it's more realistic than the arcadey feel of um, how multiplayer is right now, you know. That's fair enough. That's, um, it's quite, it's quite a fast paced game there, Modern Warfare, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, it, you see a lot so of guys. You I see a lot of guys that will throw these. They'll throw these YouTube videos together where they're where they're they're getting tons of kills and all this stuff. You don't really see that um, in Modern Warfare right now. I think they have skill based okay. matchmaking, but I'm not sure. Does it actually work? Because over the years, many games have claimed it's skill based matchmaking and it usually fails and doesn't work properly. Yeah, Is I'm it not actually working properly. Sure, actually, I'm not sure. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying that it has skill based matchmaking, and that would kind of explain some of the stuff I've seen in there. You know, but um, like like the the best way you can get these huge kill streaks is if you're camped out somewhere and you're getting cheap kills. Because um, I've seen people in them in the match get crazy kills, but they're camped out way in the back or something, and they have people protecting them. So I, I would uh, see that that's okay. the only way you can get kill streaks on skill based matchmaking. And one of the coolest uh, things about Call of Duty is all these crazy yeah. kill streak rewards like the airstrike and all that stuff i kind of feel like skill-based matchmaking um i don't know you know i'm i'm torn it's like part of me says hey it's needed for balance but the other part is like just let it be a free-for-all and just match whoever 
you know, because then it'll be crazy. Then it'll be a hell of a lot more fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends. It's like, it sounds good, but like, sometimes if there's no player in your region at that skill level, to, to, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you sit in lobbies waiting for a game? Uh, not really. So, I mean, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty fast. I mean, but if you're, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for someone at a skill level, I think skill-based matchmaking should only be used in like the uh, ranked matches. You that's, know, that's that's fair. That. Um. Now, I know a lot of people um buy Call of Duty for the multiplayer, and not a lot of people buy it for the campaign. I do want to say that I feel Activision is actually putting a lot of work into the campaign, trying to earn back its credibility, I guess. Um, you hear this critique all the time with a lot of Ubisoft games, that they're just not changing enough and that it's just the same thing over and over again, especially Far Cry. You hear that all the time with Far Cry, and I think people were saying that about Call of Duty, and that kind of feels... Like, that's the biggest reason why they've changed it as much as they have, to give it kind yeah. of a more realistic feel to the campaign. Yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. Um, I, I I can't remember playing called uh, the Modern Warfare 2. I used to like it. I can't remember kill streaks, but Muppets just said, did he still have a kill streak where you can pull dogs out of thin air for no reason just to attack people? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I want. I want to say like the dog thing. I remember one of the characters in Modern Warfare 2019 could do that, but that was like their execution move or whatever. You know, if they snuck up on you. Yeah. I haven't seen the dogs in Modern Warfare 2 yet. I have seen a couple people do the kill animations because they sneak up on people, and it's like whatever. That's kind of you know. I, I prefer the battlefield one where you just kind of sneak up on them and stab them and take their dog tags. I prefer that over this super fancy Hollywood kill animation that's just yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. I, I I played the the beta. I gave it about two games and didn't give it long enough. It's too quick for me. As Muppet knows when I play see I don't play gears often but it's a slower game and yeah when I play Destiny 2 I don't play I don't play against people. I don't play PvP. I play like with with well, I've played with Muppet, um, with BMG. It, it's PvE you're against AI basically, the computer. Yeah. So the it, best it doesn't feel the same anyway. Service FPS game on the planet. Very true. Very true. Yeah, the problem, <laughs> the biggest problem with a lot of these PvP, uh, a lot of PvPs like Call of Duty, especially Call of Duty, is. Um, you have people that are probably drinking like five, six, seven cups of coffee in between each round, and they're noticeably super fast, and um, they have those insane reflexes, and you know it's not natural reflexes because most of us that aren't, you know, chugging like three, four Red Bulls in between rounds, um, <laughs> we're not, you know, we don't have those reflexes. Like, we have normal reflexes, and you got a lot of guys that um, are thinking they're, uh, you know, an up-and-coming Call of Duty pro and all that shit, and you got different games like you mentioned destiny it's much more of a it, it's a slower less intense um you know experience and i think you know i personally like the slower experience just because you don't have to be constantly on edge with those faster ones you know and i do like modern warfare 2 i like the multiplayer but um if battlefield 2042 had been solid at launch and if it was more like battlefield 4 i probably would have been playing that instead of modern warfare 2 
that's just how I am. I prefer Battlefield because it's a slower, you know, it's a slower PvP experience. Yeah, that's cool. Have you got any? Have you got any thoughts? A friendly pass. I know you've only played the beta, just like myself. You got any thoughts? I uh, yeah, I, I participated in the beta for Modern Warfare Two, and and I thought it was fun. The kill times are fast. I thought the the weapons felt pretty good. The maps were okay. Um, I, I'm just too old for the pacing of Call of Duty anymore. It's it's actually I'm kind of having the same issue with with Halo Infinite on the smaller maps as well as I. I don't want to try that hard that much, right? And it's not that I wasn't successful. I had some good rounds and, you know, bringing Halo into this, I played at an Onyx level. But it's being keyed up that hard for, I can only play three or four games and I'm kind of exhausted, right? Yes, So exactly. I, I sort of prefer, like Sentinel said, I, I prefer Battlefield because everything's spread out and the pacing is slower and you still have really intense encounters, but you also have this downtime where you're moving point to point or planning. And it's kind of why I like the pacing of Battle Royales a little better is because there's, there's downtime to kind of chill out and then you ramp up. And uh, I, I find that more satisfying, and I like the contrast in play style too, from from being kind of alert but but calm to to then playing as frantically as you can. I like that contrast, and that's fun for me. So I passed on Modern Warfare Two this year. Uh, I, I kind of talked myself into it, like I was excited to play it, and then after I don't know six rounds of the beta. I talked myself right back out of it. I it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just don't like being that cranked that much. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Um, I, you know, and it's like, I, you know, I, I was born in 80. So I'm, you know, I'm not as I'm not like fast as I used to be. And when you you know, when you start getting in your 30s, and then in your 40s, you're just a lot of those really fast experiences like that. You're just kind of like, ah, you know, it's it's fine for a little while, but it's not something I want to be doing for hours and hours, you know. I get it. It's something when I was young, I liked to do. I liked to play super competitive games for hours and hours on end when I was younger, but now I, I don't have it in me. Yeah, definitely agree. No, I don't either. I don't either. It's uh, something Game Pass did to me when I, when I started to try different kind of games, out, more campaign kind of slower games. Um, I just, I just uh, can't be bothered. Like the beta was so fast paced. I was getting killed. Left, I, I was moving, and he's like, every time I spawned, I, don't know, I was getting spawn killed. And God, it was so quick. I was like, oh damn, I can't I do this. Everybody's <laughs> so good now, too. Like, if you see somebody, you it's better be on your game. Was shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's more like me being crap, but I'm just not used to call. I thought I'd give uh, beta a go, but. I used to play it years ago. It used to be my go-to game. And then the, the problem is you get into this circle with Call of Duty. A lot of people have it. It's why it sells so well. Like, when you play the multiplayer and you're going in campers and you won't play it. And what I used to do is buy it every year for it was 60 quid for the price. And I'd play it for a couple of days. And then I'd just stop playing it. So in the end, I broke the cycle and stopped buying it. I did. But I never used to play the campaign. <laughs> I just played the multiplayer. I did. Oh, well, the last campaign I played was Ghosts. Same. Yeah, it's the last one it I was, bought last one. Good. I well, that's not true, actually. I, I and I did complete it, by the way, people. Shocking news. I know. 
<laughs> I think I've I think I've bought all of them so far. Um, I waited with Vanguard. I didn't buy that right away. But you know, I, I I bought the Call of Duty games not really so much for the multiplayer, but I bought it for the campaign because it feels it's like if if I saw the footage of the campaign and I felt like I could play it more than once, I'd pick it up. You know, um, just because it does feel like you're in, you know, like a military action movie. Um, but it's like as far as anymore, it's like if I don't if I'm not sold on the campaign it's really hard for me to buy it just for the multiplayer especially when it's as frantic as it is you know it's like the campaign has to be a strong selling point well, it's value for money too especially when they're now 70 dollars 70 quid you've got to get your full value out of it yeah you have really and they tried that one they didn't know battlefield so uh, sorry no not battlefield black ops 4 they removed the campaign and said that statistics say that no one no one really plays it, but they took a big hit that year, didn't they? Loads of people protested about buying it because well, it wasn't and, a campaign. And they gave it away um, with certain consoles, too. They bundled it with consoles. Oh, did they? Okay. I remember I got a PS4 Pro, and I think it was pretty sure it was the PS4 Pro that was bundled with Black Ops 4. I never played it, though. You know, I was still oh, playing Battlefield play. 3 at the time, or Battlefield 4, I'm sorry. You know, because in Battlefield 4, is still alive and kicking, and there, you, you still find you know, decent amount of people on there playing. So that's what I was playing when Black Ops 4 came out. But I never played, you know, before um, Modern Warfare 2019 came out, I didn't really get into the Call of Duty multiplayer. I, I always stuck with Battlefield. But, yeah. um, okay. you know, when Modern Warfare 2019 came out, um, I think this the same year or the year before, Battlefield V came out, and I did not like the multiplayer at all. And that I think that's what forced me to go to Modern Warfare 2019, and then, of course, I started playing a lot of multiplayer. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Any more thoughts, anyone, on this uh, Call of Duty topic? BMG, got anything? Uh, to be honest, um, I've not played... The last Call of Duty I played was Black Ops 2. And, have, and that, that was, was good. Very, that was I was good. very that good. Was... I was very good at Black Ops. I was very good at Call of Duty. I was quite on point, really good. Um, but I'm at that age now where generally it's all about when I'm, well, no, 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 just Destiny. Destiny's <laughs> you know the best live service FPS game on the planet. Um, yeah. But <laughs> we Call of Duty. I tend to. I always found that as I was going around, I was for whatever reason, I always had to look down at the controller, and I was dead the time I looked back up again. Um, kids are too quick for me these days. My uh, one of my sons, he plays Call of Duty and like Fortnite in building. He's just so super quick. I can't, I can't keep up oh, with that. It's, it's too, it's too it's ahead fast, of me. Yeah, the campaigns, uh, uh, they, you know, they look spectacular. They look amazing. Um, I've listened to a few reviews on Modern Warfare 2's um, campaign review. Uh, and, it, and it seems they've kind of, because a lot of people loved what they were doing in the first Modern Warfare with the, like, search, breach, and stuff like that, and they've kind of done more of that but overdone it. So it's gone from being fun and enjoyable to, oh, we're doing this again type type thing. Um, I still think I'm going to pick it up. Um, I have, I've said many times on a few different shows now, um, I am looking forward to playing this game because it's not just a year game. That was always my problem. 
the game was a year cycle and that was it and half the stuff on xbox you didn't have so now this is a at least a two-year game with story expansions coming out next year um i am actually more interested in trying it not so much for the multiplayer but for the actual campaign yeah no that's fair enough it's good to hear Story DLC is something new. Sentinel Press, has this ever been a thing before? I don't believe it has for Call of Duty. I might be wrong. No, not that I know of. I don't remember any uh, story DLC being a thing with Call of Duty. Okay, I didn't didn't think it had, so it's a good good thing at least. But wait till everyone sees the price and look at the moon. It's the same price as a new game. (laughs) <laughs> hey, they, they're oh. not complaining about Destiny 2 DLC prices. Destiny 2, the best live service, <laughs> the most, live, the most, live service game on the planet. <laughs> the most overpriced it's, DLC. They though. charge what they charge. They, they, they all I'll say to you, all I'll say to you is the amount. The amount of value and missions you've got to play in that game for each DLC is quite high. Oh yeah, I, I agree entirely. It's, it's, it's great uh, walking around on the moon again for the hundredth uh, time to ground the same patrols for the no the story no beats that are not no, very interesting. No nope. new stuff. Nope. Which queen's good nope. on playing nope. that at the minute? It's away. Was. So much away from that. Yeah, there's so much. What there is now, what they've brought out now, <laughs> and what they're offering. There's so much to do. It's it's impossible not to have something to do. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give it a fair shake when I get there. I recently bought the Legacy Pack, so I've got all the old DLCs, and then I bought Witch Queen as well. And right really? now, I'm, I'm yep, I've been giving it a wow. fair shake. I've played it two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm working my way we through some kind of silly pyramid-based campaign with really bad cutscenes and really uninteresting characters, but I'm hoping it gets better. We, we need to play. Forty six pound it came up for. That seems very expensive, doesn't it? B&B? It does. Which CD queen? keys? CD keys, which works in any country. Uh, there is so many different offers on all different things with Destiny as well as other games. I highly recommend checking it out. Oh, my people um, was playing with me the other day and BMG, and for some reason, whoa, 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 whoa. We were on Witch Queen. Destiny. Witch, we were Destiny, Destiny Witch Queen. Yeah, let's clear That's that up. <laughs> Destiny, Destiny Witch Queen with Muppet. And for some reason, Xbox actually, um, Destiny thought that Muppet owned Witch Queen. He messaged me a week or so ago or something. Yeah, he says, yeah, they've realised I don't own it now. I can't access Witch Queen. Because he's playing it, he, he was playing Witch Queen with us, and he, he, we couldn't work out how he's playing it. He could play everything on it. He said so it was strange that one, whether it was a bug or whether because he, he was playing with us losing our party. I don't know. But it's not working now. He said. Yeah, I think I think with the um, Witch Queen, you got so much access to, and then you had to. He's like, right, you've had enough. You've got to pay for it now. Um, but you know the, the content that's there, the stuff that's there. Um, if you do like more of the PVE element and working as a group, it's it's absolutely bob on. It's more of a game to play with people. Um, 
and it's it is enjoyable. You can have a laugh, you can get lost in it for hours. Um, I've not been playing lately um, because I'm trying to get through Horizon Forbidden West before God of War Ragnarok lands. Copy so, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm playing on you've a got PlayStation your superior 5, though. Yeah, you've got yes. the Master Race PC, PlayStation yeah. 5 version. To, to be honest, um, the haptics they put in it are lazy. It's not, I don't oh, think okay. they're that good, personally. There's only like the odd thing that stands out. Uh, the only real big difference, I think, between the consoles is um, the PlayStation 5 runs it at 60 FPS. Okay. You knock it into 30, it looks like it's just bloody... Um, it's like when the heads turn, it's almost like as the head turns, like slow images of the head turns with it. It's weird. It doesn't look right. You can't play that game without 60 FPS on the PS5. Well, I'm, I'm playing it on the PS4 and having... Obviously, it's a big graphical upgrade compared to the Horizon from uh, Zero Dawn. <laughs> But yeah, I would like to see it on the PS5. I would. Mm. I would. But yes. Um, but yes, that was a good topic. That was. So there was a there was one that caused some controversy with a voice actor over the Bayonetta voice actor. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Helena. Taylor, is that, is, that, is that correct? Helena Taylor. Yeah, yeah. yeah released yeah. A, yeah. a load of videos, and she was she was meant to be the voice actor of Bayonetta three. She's she's featured in one and two, and she claimed that Platinum Games were only offered her four thousand dollars total to make, to do to do the um, voice acting for the game. And she was even going as far as just asking people to boycott boycott the game. And give it all to charity. Uh, later on, it came out. Well, Bloomberg's not always reliable. It came out by the VC, VGC as well, and it was revealed that actually, um, Platinum Games attempted to hire Taylor for five four-hour sessions between three to four thousand pounds per session. So they wanted to do five four-hour sessions. Not bad money. So it would have been about $15,000 to do that. But then again, they didn't actually reveal how many sessions it would have, ta- have took to complete the entire game. They're just initial sessions. So you, you could have been talking 30, 40 grand by the time you finished. I mean, I, I might be wrong because it didn't actually state. They just said they tried to book her for five four-hour sessions at three to £4,000 a piece. Now, there could have been additional sessions on top of that after. So it could have been a lot higher. I don't know what the value of a voice actor is, but I wouldn't call that minimum wage and living on the breadline, would you? But I think she's kind of tanked her career now. I might be wrong how far she went, but what, what do you guys yeah. think? Because it's it, Well, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I wouldn't throw my reputation and name on a chopping block with misinformation that was going to be immediately identified as misinformation, right? Yeah. Uh, so there does seem to be some confusion there. And honestly, I hesitate to speak from a position of ignorance because I don't know what they expect to make. And it, it seems like at least partially what she said wasn't true. So I'm kind of going to stay out of this one. 
but I, I don't think it's a good look for her, not not at least. But again, I hesitate because it, eventually the truth will come out and we'll know. And I, I don't see any point to a hot take on it. Well, you are right because the reason they probably came out was because his Nintendo was the main was fund this game and they subcontract Platinum Games, so Nintendo wouldn't want that kind of stuff going around if it wasn't true. That I I find that's the biggest issue that she actually came out on social media knowing how many followers followers she's got and people know that she's the voice of Bayonetta, that she purposely came out to lie. That's the biggest problem. If she came out and said, they offered me 15000 and I think it's a slap in the face, then... She then later came got out and least... confirmed it was yeah. fifteen grand. though. Sorry. Oh, she did. She that. did. Changed she the did. story. She came out. Yeah, she came out after... Obviously, she came out and said... And made a whole statement telling everyone to boycott the game, how bad the company was, that they only offered a 4000 to do um, Bayonetta free. And it turns out that she was offered like 15000 per session. It wasn't 15000 total, no, three or, or 4000 total. Or four, it was three or four. It was three or four grand per session. And yeah. she's offered five sessions. Yeah. Four to five. Yeah. And, and again, is I'm not in that industry. I don't know what value in that industry a voice actor has. I don't know. I'm not even going to try and guess because I don't know. Um, so whether that's a high amount or low amount, I don't know. The problem is she purposely came out, slandered the company, lied about the amount, and told people to boycott the game that people, you know, hardworking developers and programmers and all the different departments have give sacrificed their time um, to put into this game because she lied. I think that's the bigger issue, that she lied about it and thought, oh, well, now they're actually going to come out and say, well, I'm lying, I'm going to tell the truth. Um, it's wrong. It's What she did was wrong. I'm not saying what she was actually offered was good or bad, but she could have come out and said that. Instead, she decided to lie about it and try and force, you know, try and convince people to boycott the game because she was offered next to nothing, which was a lie. And she has, she's now pretty much blacklisted herself. No one's going to hire her. Who, who's going to want her as a voice actor now, thinking that she's just going to come out and make up an amount that she was offered to cause controversy? If she wanted to make a statement, there's different ways she could have gone about it. She could have raised awareness in different ways, but what she did was, I believe, is wrong, and I don't agree with it. And now she's not going to get be able to get work probably again in the um, voice acting game industry. It's a, it's her own doing. It's her own fault, and she deserves whatever she gets. I kind of feel like. Um... You know, I, I wonder because she it's not like she held anything back. I mean, she pretty much went completely scorched earth as far as platinum games, you know, it goes. I mean, she held nothing back and she was saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's like she had to know that um, just by coming out, saying anything about it, that she was going to completely destroy any professional relationship she had with platinum games, whether it was, you know, whether it was mildly negative or significantly negative it was gonna basically be where they were telling her hey don't come back but she went and completely 
you know, misrepresented a lot of facts and stuff. And at first people sided with her, you know, because they were like, well, that's not fair platinum games. You know, you, they, you know, if that's all they were going to offer her, but then it came out not through her, but it came out through other sources that she was lying about it. And it, you know, you kind of have to wonder because so many people are trying to be made as voice actors, you know, so many people are trying to get into the industry and she had her foot in the door and it's like, what, made her want to destroy all that you know it, it just makes no sense yeah and that's that's kind of my point is it it doesn't make sense for one but also isn't uh i don't want to say this name wrong it's like hideki kamiya isn't he still mm -hmm. like the director of platinum games and he's himself has managed to i don't he, he hasn't demonstrated great character in my opinion on social media and anybody criticizing right, him he immediately count, blocked He's a vile, yeah. deleted this vile. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's the director of Platinum Games, so that's why I hesitate to have too strong of an opinion, is it doesn't make sense for her to stick her neck out when, if the facts are not on her side, she's going to get buried. And clearly, she did try to to bend the information, but I, that's that's kind of why I'm staying out of it. I don't know. I, mm. I'm, I'm definitely not going to go scorched earth on her because yeah. I, I don't know and not a huge fan of speculation anyway. Yeah, yeah, should, just, sorry, go sorry, go ahead, Stubbs. No, 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 you go ahead, Mike. Well, right, I, you know, Mike. I was gonna say that you know, she had she had all these fans that were following her because of the specific role. How many voice actors have you seen that um didn't really care as much about the paycheck as they did about just reprising the role for the fans? You know, so it's it's almost like um she's it's like she kind of um used the the favor that her fans had for her um it's like she she misused them you know almost i, I don't want to say abuse but it's kind of like abusing her fans um you know support of her to further an agenda she had or whatever and it kind of it's it's just it feels wrong of her to use all the goodwill that fans had for her to get back at platinum games for whatever reason and it may not be anything with bayonetta it could be something completely different. Like she wanted to, like she would have originally agreed to this Bayonetta role, but she wanted the lead female or the lead voice role in another game they were doing. But she doesn't want to say that because then it makes her look bad. So she lies and says, "Oh, it's really about Bayonetta," but it really wasn't. I mean, you know, it kind of feels like um, it, it feels like she was um, like she has something to hide and like she was being very negative with her fans just because she didn't respect them. That's what it feels like. Hmm. Like she was yeah, abusing your got that, Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got that fan base, you've got that following, and you use that to try and turn them against a company because you think there should be change made. She, she just went the wrong way about it. Um, you know, her attend her intentions are probably she wants to make change in the industry and better for her, that the what the profession that she does and i understand that but the way she went about it was wrong and it's going to be you know it's it's a hard learning curve and hopefully there is going to be some sort of redemption for her and she's going to be able to do something but i think she's going to really struggle getting anything again in this industry if i'm honest someone had said something about um her having a her having a career outside of voice acting, like uh, with 
I don't know if she's in television or she does stage work or something like that. You know, um, I mean, if yeah. that's the case and she has that career, it almost feels like she just wanted to be completely done with voice acting in video games unless they were going to pay her, you know, a much higher amount than they had done previously. So it, it almost felt like she didn't care. Yeah, I suppose, like you say, you can you, you look at the likes of Troy Baker and Nolan North, and they get paid probably stupid amounts of money for what they do because of the roles they've been in and the things they can do. Um, but and you know, and it, what they get paid is it equal to what anyone else gets paid? Probably not. They probably get paid a hell of a lot, lot more. Um, maybe there should be more equality in it. Maybe there should there should be something there to make sure everyone gets some form of equal pay to an extent, depending on the project you're working on. But to come out and lie and deceive fans and people in the industry to think and act different and you know it's I just don't agree with how she's done it I really don't and I can't whatever her reasoning you haven't given anyone the facts you've lied and bent the truth to to try and get what you want and it's well and truly backfired it's a shame Yeah, it seems definitely has, but I'll have to wait and see what happens. But are you there, Stubbs? <laughs> I'm here. Yep. It seems that yeah, it does seem that way. It's back forward. No, I'm, I am here. I, I, I was talking. I think I had a mute button on. Uh, but yeah, it's um, ah, it's ah. very interesting. I didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. But uh, she went all in on on the videos, didn't she? Can anyone hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, she just made it. Yeah, we can hear you. She just went the wrong way about it. Uh, Yeah, because you're right at first. Everyone was siding with her. I can sort of understand her intentions and what she was trying to aim at. Definitely. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, that's, you know, I don't understand. Everyone believed her. What, but from the way she spoke and the passion that she had behind what she was saying, yeah, because yeah, at the yeah. start, everyone yeah. seemed to take but her, everyone believed word she for word. She took advantage of that, she, she did that purposely, and yeah, it... <laughs> so, no, is it, is it just me or is BMG and Stubbs like out of sync with each other? Here? So, yeah, one of you guys, so need to it. Just replace yeah. Her. I can't remember yeah, a name off the top of my head. I think it's BMG. I think BMG's the one. He's he's out of sync with the rest of the podcast here. Oh, that's why I was talking to speak to BMG. Yeah, you guys are having a heck of a time here. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> you know might, what he's you saying. Might just, you might disconnect and come back, yeah. I'm not... I'm I not think that... Let me, let me... Let me... Yeah, let, let me drop out and I'll drop back in. I think it is me. I think I'm out. And then uh, it's a, a disconnect and reconnect if you agree with me about Destiny 2. And uh, we'll move on. 
out. <laughs> I'm taking the phone. See, I, I, I think he agrees with me. He agrees with me. Uh, what else you got, Stubbs? Anything else? I think we beat that horse. I've gone. We could talk about a uh, Callisto protocol getting canceled in Japan. That's a good one. Yes, I'll get the article up. Hang on. I will have it up. I'll just find it. Uh, Callisto protocol. Typical. I've lost them. Uh, Sentinel, you sound like you're you're already pretty well versed in that topic. Uh, why was Callisto Protocol canceled in Japan? Because um, the, uh, the subject material in question involves uh, violence and gore, not titties. Well, I, I that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's exactly why. If it was, if it was um, some chick running around completely naked during the whole game, it wouldn't be banned in Japan, but it would be banned in the United States, or they'd put clothes on her. They've but got a Japan, point. They've got a point. Japan's. They've really yeah. got a point on this one. But Japan's All like, I, oh, it's too violent. But if she was completely naked, nope, that's fine. It's like, wow, are you serious? All I heard was titties when I dropped back in. Welcome back. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Oh no, what did I miss? <laughs> I've got to hear that playback later on about me and you trying to talk to each other. Oh, but, it, yeah. was, it was a mess. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, we was summing up. He was summing up why, probably re, uh, re, uh, say it again for him, Sentinel. He was summing up why it's, uh, Crystal Protocols banned in Japan is quite funny. Yeah. yeah it's, because it doesn't have, it has too much violence and not enough titties in it. That's why. Is that normal? Is yeah. this is this a regular thing or is this an exception? Yeah, Japan Japan's really strict. Yeah. But not bothered if if um schoolgirls are got the tops off and all sorts of video games, they're not bothered. You guys keep but changing violence, the subject here. We're talking about but, Callisto protocol. But violence. Keep... Well, I mean but we haven't seen on... we haven't seen everything in Callisto protocol yet. You know, and what we have seen though it's pretty violent. So there could be some crazy violent stuff in there. You know, so and let's... D- different countries will have different uh, things that, you know, where they'll ban stuff like Australia or Germany. You know, they'll have different. Yeah, Germany. You don't cross the line. With, yeah, Germany. Anything to do with World War Two and Nazis is gone, mate. They're really strict on that. They are. Yeah, so they, they might have. Because why, though? You know, they might have something that once it crosses that line, they're like, nope, we, we're not doing this unless you change it. And, of course, the Callista Protocol devs are kind of like, well, you know, if we change it, it takes away from the vision or it takes away from the feeling or the horror that you're supposed to feel. And Japan's like, nope, we're just going to kick it. Then. We're not going to have it in our in our country. And people will probably, you know, buy um, copies from outside Japan and just have them so, into Japan or whatever, you know. That's how I'm they'll get their games. Article. I'm sure they're already doing that with different games that are banned in Japan anyway. Here you go. I'm just on the article. Games that uh, games censored for nudity and violence in Japan include The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Uncharted 1, The Witcher 3, GTA 5, and many more, including Resident Evil as well. I'm surprised about some of those. but uh... I am. Yeah, so like some of those games you listed, I'm not surprised at all that Callisto Protocol's also on that list. So let me let me ask you guys, uh, 
you know, there's a part of me that likes the notion that a dev just create the game they want to create and people that are interested in it buy it and people that are not interested don't buy it. But is there a point where you think it's irresponsible for a game to contain certain content and should be censored like this? No, yes. I don't agree. No, I, I do. I do in certain situations. Um, and I'll clarify on that. Let's okay. say, um, let's say there is a Call of Duty game where, or let's say, let's say there's a Battlefield Hardline sequel where you're playing as a cop, right? And you're chasing this guy and he gets away from you and he plows through a holiday parade and kills 60 people. Well, guess what? That happened in real life. So having that in your game is going to piss off a lot of people. You know, I think in a situation like that, you you shouldn't have that type of thing in the game. That's also something that they ran into with the six games, six days of Fallujah. It was a game that they were talking about last generation. They were trying to do it, but you remember in in um, real life Fallujah, a lot of Marines got killed, and so it's, not, it's still a very contentious point for a lot of people. And I think I, I think the developers have to know that going in that the line is going to be a lot finer on that than something that's entirely fictional. But that goes against the so Call of Duty do 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 games based on real wars. Yeah, well and like um they changed Not something wars, in, they changed something in the first, in Modern Warfare 2019 like the Highway of Death was actually um it was American forces that did some heinous stuff I guess but they changed it so it was the bad guys in the game that had done it and I guess it got some people pissed off and it's Again, it's walking that fine line. You know, it's like See, what you said there is one thing that does bug me. Call of Duty seems to make games that where the Americans come out look. So, so, I know you're American, yeah. but they do seem to come out smelling of roses. Hell yeah! In games, yeah. they do. Well, and, and that's you know, to to be honest and completely objective, I think um, it it seems like and be, having been in the military, um, I am aware of certain. I'm not going to say they're military, but certain military elements in real life that are very antagonistic and Call of Duty never calls them out. You know, I think Modern Warfare 2 kind of called them out to a point. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but Modern Warfare 2, one of their prime bad guys, I guess, one of the antagonistic forces is pretty accurate as to how some real life American forces are. And again, it's not the major military, yeah. it's other, you know, other units. But um, it's it's like they want to play with kid gloves with certain aspects, but other ones are just like, oh, we're just going to get completely crazy. And, you know, they're like, we're just going to get it as violent as we can get it, you know. It's like that controversial scene where you walk through Russian airport, isn't it? And no, they, it's, they took... it's basically where there's American contractors that are evil as hell, and it's, that's pretty accurate. You know, even oh, when I was yeah. in Iraq, there were contractors that our special forces guys hated working with because they knew they were sick sick puppies oh goodness yeah you always get some um you know but they explain it in modern warfare 2 and i i didn't really and believe me when i tell you that how they portray it in modern warfare 2 is 95 percent accurate to how it is in real life as far as these contractors go Oh, I can believe it. They're probably contract psychopath killers. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, <laughs> in, in real life, it got America in trouble, so I was kind of surprised when they actually put that in Modern Warfare 2, showing these guys are kind of bad guys. Yeah, I always thought they were they were scared of showing that side. Obviously, I was wrong, and they're, well, they're doing I, it, it slowly. I, th- I think it's because there's been slowly a change at Activision where they're less... 
they they want to have it less arcade like and always propping you know all the american dudes up as being good guys and they're gradually transitioning to where they're okay with showing some more realistic elements which is good you know it's good but i think it's still going to piss some people off I, yeah. I don't I don't Honestly. think you ever nail that line down. Like something is always going to be upsetting to someone for some yes. reason. Yep. And that's that's going to be a, a dynamic thing that moves about and maybe has more to do with sensationalism than any anything you could really nail down. There's probably several elements we could agree to that are going to be in motion. But right. um, personally, I don't I don't enjoy extreme gore. Yeah. And I prefer the route. Uh, to either have options in a game to allow people to disable things they don't like, or I just don't buy a game I'm not interested in for whatever reason I'm not interested in. I prefer that overall. Uh, I don't think that's a perfect solution because some people are going to create some really shocking things, yeah. uh, maybe even to an irresponsible level, just to get people to engage in it because it's shocking as a way yes. to get noticed. Uh, but I, I also I don't see how you could really draw a good line uh, like you mentioning the vehicle escaping and run into a parade ground yeah. and that being very upsetting to people that, that knew it actually happened. But outside of the real event, we see stuff way worse than that in games all the time. Yeah. Right. Like uh, this recent plague tale, uh, there's a section where you're walking through just, just piles of bodies and yeah. it's extremely gory. And I expect that that could be, pretty upsetting to certain people but for me it's just a game right and if it was ever more than that to me and upset me in a, in a way outside of that then i would probably avoid it for my own mental health you know well and you remember spec ops the line um had the same type of reaction with a lot of people because they dropped white phosphorus on civilians in the game wow yeah and you know all wow. of the all of the people in this in this um in this area where the, where the warheads exploded, they're all burnt to a crisp, you know, and they were all just civilians. So spec ops, the line also did the same thing. And, you know, whenever it first released, a lot of people were talking about that as well. That's again, that's going back to your, you know, what you said about sensationalism. It's, but it's like some games do it just to, just to push you as far as they can. Others do it um, kind of because it's uh, essential to the plot, you know, and I, I, I wonder with Callisto Protocol if the gore, if some of that was essential to the plot, or if it's just the developers wanting to see how much, you know, gore and violence and really, you know, grotesque stuff they could put in the game, just to see, you know, just because they want the experience to be as violent and horrific as possible. <laughs> Jim BMG Ryan, love it. Damn straight. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, to be to be honest, it's like you know, there's like as as say Pess says, there's there's always going to be something that's going to upset someone. It's impossible for everyone to be on the same page, everyone to agree, everyone to like or dislike something. Um, as long as they make clear of what's going to be in it, I think developers have the right to express what they want to make and the game they want to make and how they want to make it, whether that's um, sexualized, gory, um, aimed at children, whatever, whatever it's going to be, they should be able to make what they want as long as it's made clear of what they're making. Um, you know, it's like on Twitter, you can have someone 
make a comment and you don't agree with it, but because it's not directed at you, it's just a com. It's just a tweet they've made, and you decide to interact with them. Um, you know, this it wasn't aimed at you, but you interact with it. And you're not, and you've told them you're not happy with it, etc. Um, you know, there are going to be games that are have uncomfortable moments and stuff like that. But if you have an idea of what you're walking into, you can make that decision whether it's something you're going to pick up or not. Or you know, if you're against it, you don't, you're not happy with it. You know, again, like any game. Um, you put your money where your mouth is uh, or your wallet and you don't invest, you don't buy. Um, and that's the best way to show them that you're not, that, pe- that if people aren't happy with what they're doing is don't buy the game. Cause the more people that buy it, it just shows them that that's what pe- that's what they want. The audience wants, and they're going to do more of it. Well, yeah, that's yeah, a with, good point. You know, yeah. voting with your, uh, or, Following you know, with your wallet, with your yeah. wallet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I find, like, say, with Japan, like Australia, they're so strict on everything anyway, yet they can have, you know, teenage anime characters with giant breasts near enough hanging out, and that's okay, <laughs> as you said. It's very strange, very strange, but, like, gore and things like that, it's... The protecting, trying to protect people, and they think it's too violent and things like that. But then again, like China, is it China? Children only have an hour a day or two hours a day. They're allowed to play gaming. Yeah, so strict. It's they actually yeah. have um, they have software on all the mobile phones and tablets that actually scans and detects whether it's a child and times yeah. them. It's, it's pretty serious. They'll, they'll come to your house. Yeah, it's right. wrong. It's wrong. Right. Um, you know, every, to be honest, every country has their own culture. They have their own rules, their own laws, and whether we agree with them or not, that is that is just the way life is in some countries. Um, I don't agree with it. It's the end of the day. That's a parenting thing to me. It's down to a parent to decide what is or isn't appropriate for a child to play or watch. It's down to a parent to decide how much game time they have. Um, and, you know, I don't agree with half the stuff that they do. Um, but restrict, you know, this game does look gory. It sounds gory. It, it, you know, if you've watched any the showcase, it's like, yeah, this is good. This is going to make people feel a bit queasy. But as long as that's known and that, is, you know, it, people are aware of what's in this game, why can't it be available worldwide for everywhere? And it, it should be a person's choice, a parent's choice, or you know, a young adult's choice whether they purchase the game and play it. Maybe have like grounded. Grounded's brilliant. You know, it's a, a game that can be accessible to anyone. And if you have a fear of spiders you can actually tone them right down. There's a, a toggle to make it so it's literally just a blob going across the screen and coming at you, not a lifelike spider. You know, maybe options like that to tone things down within game. That way, everyone can experience the game how it's meant to be or tone it down by choice, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 
I was just reading about the China thing, sorry. It says that children in China can only uh, play from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Fridays, and it's limited to a maximum of of 90 minutes at the weekends. So basically, uh, three hours at weekends is heavily, heavily uh, monitored. They have software on the phone. What's the age cap on that, Stubbs? Under 18. Okay. It's wrong. It's it's wrong because it's like, you know, you you could say the same thing about films and stuff like that, you know. There's never a restriction on films. You know, you can watch as many films and TV shows as you want. But when it comes to gaming, it's restricted. I I just don't agree with it because, to me, gaming, it's an escape. It's, um, you know, doesn't matter how bad my day's been or whatever's going on, I can play a game and it's an escape. And I'm interacting with it and being a part of the story, a part of the narrative and, you know, I'm in the moment with that game. You know, it, it. You're thinking it's good for the mind and things like that. You know, but yet you can sit and watch a film, and doesn't matter how gory it is or what's going on, but that's okay. And you're not, they're not restricted time-wise. I'm no, no. I I've I've actually, with it. I've actually got mixed emotions on it. I uh, one, I don't, I don't like the idea of the government telling you how to raise your kids, right? Yeah, but it. From a parenting perspective, I, I don't hate the restrictions, right? Because I think I think discipline's good, right? And I think structure is good. And yeah. I think in, in a lot of ways, video games and film and any entertainment function can be a waste of time uh, that could be better spent developing skills that will benefit you later in life. And maybe once you got your feet under you, then you can focus on things like that. But... I mean, ultimately, I agree just because I don't like the the government overreach side of that. So it doesn't really matter. But if if I had children of my own, which unfortunately I don't, I I don't believe I would go the free-for-all route either. But I would consider that my responsibility to make those decisions. Exactly. That's it. And and back on to the ladies ladies that you described, those are all over 21, no teenagers. Um, Well... That's debatable. No, I won't hear it. I won't hear it. That's all. You you look at Persona, Persona 5. You're in school. And they're showing big-breasted young anime characters. They're all 30. They're all 30. Mm, Yeah. I I agree. (laughs) We'll go with that. We'll go with that. It's it's the better way to look. I don't play them games, to be honest. JRPGs and stuff like that's not really my wheelhouse in games anyway. Um... It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I it should be down to a parent and um, to decide what is or isn't appropriate for their for their children. Not gonna say not government overreach, but their government control everything from what they can watch, what they can do, to even how many children they can have. Um, if them restrictions are still in, I think they are. Um, yeah. you know, but again, why well, they created the social social credit system so they can they, yeah. they, they can penalise them. They don't do what they're told. They can penalise their life until it's it's not worth living. That's, that's how far they go. It's really bad. I've yeah, I've actually met uh, a couple of people here in the UK, um, physically seen and spoke to, where some of the horrendous things 
that's happened to them because they had a child more than they should have. And I won't go into it on here because it's not an appropriate thing, but it's 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 just wrong. We, you know, um, in a uh, modern society and it is trying to want you to have as many. China wants you to have as much. They've lifted the laws. You can have as many children as you want now in China. They're, they're actually struggling to get people to have babies now. They've, they've got a, a, an aging population yeah, where the young people different. have been, but the young people have been bred up where they, where no one has kids. So they're struggling now to get people to have big families, and the, the population eventually will shrink. Mm, That's what they're it, fearing. Yeah, but it. it, it... That wasn't the way not so long ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway yeah, let's get on yeah. from the. We went in a rabbit hole there, didn't we? Oh, well. We did. We did. <laughs> we did. But yeah, it's been a fun show. I think we'll probably wrap it up there. We didn't get to every topic, but I think we had, we had a good conversation in general. I think, I think we would agree. I, d- I do want to mention, though, just yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's, it is a very quick one. Um, God of War obviously comes out on the 9th oh, yeah. of November. The game has leaked. There are screenshots, there are videos. People are going out their way to leak the game. So if it is a game you're going to pick up and you're interested in and you don't want to know anything about it, Make sure you mute the keywords, ignore anything that pops up and stay away from it. Um, it's very sad that this happens and it has happened and there's nothing anyone can do about it now. Um, I just, just avoid what you can as best as you can. Um, if you do go over to the Santa Monica Twitter page, Facebook page or website, they have issued a statement saying just avoid everything that you can. Yeah, it's difficult for them to do anything really about that situation because, as you said, with distribution, a lot of shops obviously got discs early, and I think it's in uh, not so much here. Like um, people aren't receiving them early. I think it's in Mexico and places like that. A lot of the copies have been have been sent out early. They have. I'm not seeing any in the UK, and it seems to me that if you look at a lot of the pictures, people saying they've got God of War, people are nicking the pictures and just saying they've got God of War. A lot of the people are. If you look at a lot of the pictures, they all look similar. Some of them do. That's all I'm saying. Clout chasers, some of them are. Yeah. But it's, it has been leaked. That's, not, that's officially happened. It's a shame people want to ruin people's game experiences, but this is the world of the internet, Twitter. It's, it's just because they want that every game. They want that attention is what it is, you know. Yeah, they do. There's a weird bitterness know. across platforms too. Is that I saw the same thing with The Last of Us too. The story spoilers being kind of hinted at, even from some from high members of the game community. Well, that you was know, leaked. It's, it's, the entire script was leaked for that. Yeah, it's a it's a shame that people do that, but you can't stop it either. No, you can't. You can't. But yeah, I reckon today was a good show. We had a good conversation. We haven't, we didn't get to all topics, but we had a good conversation with the topics we did. So yeah, Stasis Chat episode six is done. And if you'd like to please subscribe and like on the channel, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify <laughs> if you, if you like the show, it would help. Anyway, thanks for thanks for watching everyone. Indie gamer shout outs to you, Masuku. Um, 
and many of us in chat have been chatting away. Hello, all. Hello, everyone. BMG's been in there loads. Muppet, UK Dazarus, and Sentinel's been in there. A friendly pest. Everyone been chatting. But yeah, so a friendly pest. Thanks for coming in today. It's been been a fun show. Do you want to tell people where they can find you apart from on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, this is my official first uh, live podcast that I've been a, a real panel member on. So that's cool. Uh, check me out here. Uh, grateful to be here. And then uh, if you want to see some of my independent stuff, I run my own YouTube channel. Kind of a friendly VR enthusiast at A Friendly Pest. That's my YouTube channel if anybody wants to look at that. And a uh, shout out to the chat. We had, uh, I, I think, way more activity than our previous efforts, which is awesome to see. Thanks to everyone that came out and supported us and talked and enjoyed the conversations. It was, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, most definitely. I've noticed a lot more activity than the, the the previous show, which is exciting to see, most definitely. And Sentinel, thanks for coming on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you, apart from on this show? Sure. Thanks, Dubs. Um, you can find me on, in addition to this podcast, obviously, you can find me on Sentinel17 Gaming. It's my, it's my YouTube channel where I talk about gaming and different games that have released. Might do a Modern Warfare video, but I haven't, you know, started putting anything together. But you can check it out. I usually do videos at least once a month. You can also find me on Twitter, uh, Sentinel17. It's alphanumeric, so it's um, S3NT1N3L, and then, of course, 17. And I have a link tree on there. If you want to check out my novel or other stuff, you can click on the link tree uh, link, and it'll show you pretty much where you can find my novel at. The Hunt for Jenks Vargo, it's been out several months. So if you're into novels, definitely check it out. Good to hear. Also, also Sentinel has a podcast, everybody. Don't you? It's yeah, um, it's, a, it's an anchor podcast. Um, it's the real Sentinel 17 podcast that I do on Anchor. I think it's also on Spotify. That yep. link should really? be also on my link tree. I thought I'd pop it in there for you because it's... it's oh, oh, I'll give you a rating on Spotify. It's quite good. Just your thoughts is quite good. Thanks, I appreciate that, Dubs. And Jim Ryan is also a member of the panel. How are you doing? Yes, yes, yes. Make sure you buy on PlayStation. Don't go near Xbox. Um, card for life on PlayStation. <laughs> wow, that's that's my poor attempt at Jim. It was Ryan, terrible. Though. That was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's absolutely great. Um, check out Friendly Pest, check out Sentinel Gaming. They've got uh, amazing channels, great content. Um, it's yeah, go and subscribe, check them out. It's um, they're, they're awesome dudes. And again, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you make this a, a, a better show, and it's great to have you. And I look forward to the things we've got going forward in the future. Um, obviously, you can find me here at Stasis Chat, as well as the XBL Party Podcast. Um, I'm over on there. Uh, we've got a show tomorrow night, 8 p.m. GMT. Um, and we are going to be doing a, eventually, I'm just sorting the final things out, there's going to be a PlayStation podcast, uh, part of the XBL side of stuff coming soon. So just uh, keep an eye on the socials for that. But other than that... Uh, Find me on Twitter, just Twitter. You just go on Twitter and shout, Twi- hey, yo, and I'll Twitter. pop up. Twitter.com. 
Yeah. Twitter.com, anime Raza and Twitter.com. That's it. Lay some candles, pray to the one true God, Jim Bryan, and I'll pop up. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) You're not going to let that drop, are you? (laughs) Going Twitter.com. No, no. Just find me on Twitter. I'll be there. Hey, yo. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's been a good show. And uh, thanks for letting me host. I'm, I'm sure the next main show. It'll be either BMG, Friendly Pest, or Sentinel hosting. It will be. We like to give a rotation so to give everyone everyone a go. So next time, there'll probably be somebody else hosting the main show. But yeah, thanks everyone for popping out and uh, listening live. And after the fact on demand, it's been fun. So I hope you all have a good week. And I'll see you next week on the Stasis Chat channel. Thanks, guys.